Hello and welcome to Super Saturdays, a comic book media podcast where we rank media by its story, impact, and visuals to figure out if these projects will stand the test of time. I'm Damon A. And I'm Jay Hayward, and behind me are Wumpus and Wumpus. In each episode, we'll be focusing on your favorite comic books, TV shows, and movies. This week, Soups, we want to take you back to July of 2009, a special time in many of our hearts. During the same time of July, Serena Williams beat her older sister, Venus, in a 7-6-6-2 for her third Wimbledon singles title. This is also a fantastic time for movie lovers because, yes, I know you were wondering, the animated film Ice Age Dawn of the Dinosaurs did release this month. It did. We are talking about Irredeemable Ant-Man Issue 1. On with the show. That was long as hell. I didn't mean for that to last so long. I'm, so, I'm just you know going I'm here for it. For it. I'm Nine. here for it. And, yeah. you know, 2009 was a year. I don't even remember seeing Ice Age 2 in theaters, but I remember that's, it. That's it was the a third one. Deal. Oh, that was the third one. You're thinking of the meltdown. Yeah. Well, anyways, Ant-Man came out in 2009. So, since we're talking about this, did you know what was happening in the comic book world when this book came out? I do. On top of all the other fun facts that I had for you, Damon, I okay, have okay. some also really, really wild ones here. Uh, I have uh, that Spike TV put on a two-hour drama show, movie, whatever, based on Blade. That was a TV show. TV show. Yeah. Oh, my God. I remember that. I never watched it, but it, it was something. It was a time. Uh, another fact that I had here, which I thought was really wild, was Frank Miller had announced this new graphic novel. Ugh. Frank Miller had just announced uh, this new graphic novel that he was working on called Holy Terror Batman. Do you know what Holy Terror Batman is, Damon? Wasn't it a crossover with Holy Terror and, like, Batman? If it wasn't for this comic, the Holy Terror would not exist because uh, this comic was about Batman fighting Osama bin Laden where Gotham was attacked by Al-Qaeda. But what happened was around this time, uh, f- like the project like kind of didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I-, I don't have very much information. I think at that point, uh, Frank Miller had like left. And then Holy Terror, which is the same story but not of Batman, but is the Holy Terror, comes out in 2011. And around that time, Frank Miller did address that uh, they had originally talked about the idea for Batman, but uh, DC didn't really want the book. Like, it didn't end up Mm -hmm. being a DC book, so he ended up not really making it much of a Batman story, and he just really wanted to do it for some reason. So mm. that's some of the stuff that I found out around this time. What about you, Damon? Honestly, that is fucking interesting. I had no idea about that. Uh, all I know is that great old Uncle Frank 
it's interesting how like with artists they kind of have like a shelf life i would say and i know it sounds kind of shitty but like it's interesting that like he's done so many great things within the comic book industry but then as time went on his like his stuff started just becoming a little like less great uh but hey it's another topic for another day but you know yeah i do have a couple of facts or at least i have one a uh, really big comic book event was going on at this time. Actually, this was around the time of the quote-unquote Marvel renaissance of the modern age or whatever. Uh, Wolverine, Enemy of the State, was going on when this book came out in 2009. Uh, and uh, Wolverine, Enemy of the State, I'll tell you guys more about it once we get into the episode because yeah. this book actually references it. Yeah, it matters to the point of this story in a way, mm-hmm. which... Uh, I thought it was kind of cool, but I thought it was also a little funny. We'll talk about it because it does have a prominent point in the comic. Yeah. So, you know, before we dive in, I know that, like, you know what? Before we dive in, Jay, I'm curious. What was your first introduction to Ant-Man? Okay. My first introduction to Ant-Man was the Super Bowl commercial where, uh, oh, my goodness. What was his name? Paul Rudd. And I can't remember who plays uh, Dr. Was it? He's, he's Pym. I can't remember Dr. Pym's name. What are, oh, whoever right. that actor is. Michael um, Douglas. There we go. Thank you, Michael Douglas. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, they're ham boning, and Michael Douglas looks in the camera and, and yells, Ants. Uh, that is my first introduction to Ant-Man. Ever since then, uh, <laughs> I've seen the Marvel movies and thought that he's... Uh, fine <laughs> i think he's fine Man, what about you I, damon you know i honestly completely forgot about that super bowl commercial but you did you know, for, yeah I, I fucking did the only one that i did remember that involved ant-man was when uh ant-man and the hulk were like fucking running through new york city to get a dr pepper or was it a coke oh dude that was a coke i yeah. remember that did you see that, that was there cool. was a there was one that they had done for the new one where it was uh for alcohol free Heineken. I saw pictures for that. I didn't know they made a whole video about it. That was uh I think that was the Super Bowl ad. Really? I think so. I remember seeing it at uh like on TV prominently. Damn. You know, is it bad? I actually kinda wanna try it just to see what it tastes like. I don't even drink like that, but I honestly would want to taste it. I would I would want to see how it tastes. It would just taste like a Heineken without alcohol. <laughs> Have you ever had a Heineken? No. Like, I, I drink more wine primarily or, like, flavored drinks. Not really a big beer type of person. I'm not a huge beer person either. I, I will enjoy, like, a like a Two-Hearted Ale. I've enjoyed that. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, a, that's a local one, though, so I don't know if many people have enjoyed it. Uh, but I enjoyed like like that on occasion. I, I usually prefer like wine or uh, sometimes I like to do like mix and bartending stuff. But okay, soups. At this point, we usually jump in and see how we rank our media. But you know, Jay and I wanted to do something different, and we just wanted to give our own personal opinions on the book and even tell you what we really thought about it, wholly and heartedly. So Jay and I are gonna change it up and tell you in our opinions, without ranking systems. Will this stand the test of time? Without further ado, let's dive into that summary.
Okay, so The Irredeemable Ant-Man is a 12-issue series about the irredeemable character Eric O'Grady and his immoral attitude and behavior as Ant-Man. It is written by Robert Kirkman and art by Phil Hester. All right, so, Jay, what was your initial thoughts of this issue? Well, I gotta say, out the gate, the art didn't really do a whole lot for me. Um, really? Yeah, I, I think it's something where I'm a bit more skeptical on Ant-Man comics and Ant-Man stories. Now, for me, mm-hmm. I would say it's because I have a stigma towards how I know him for the MCU. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't think that those movies are bad, per se, but I look at them next to everything else that I know from Marvel and uh, MCU stuff. But I've never really seen him as a very interesting character to dive more into past the face value. Um, so first impressions off the bat didn't grab me a whole lot. Uh, I will say I looked into the, you know, who was the writer and the artists for this. Uh, I knew that it was either going to be something funny or something involving zombies. I knew it had to be that because it's, um, it's a Robert Kirkman story. So he always ends up doing one of the two things where it's either very, dynamic and fun say like invincible you know or it's just gonna be zombies you know like walking dead and he's done a bunch of other like post-apocalypse and he's done zombie stuff zombies yeah yep like marvel zombies um I fucking love marvel zombies so, so i knew it was gonna be something like that um phil hester i knew that his art was gonna be good because i know he's done invincible's art for the invincible comic I don't know if he's worked very much on the show, but very similar looking art from what I know. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't say. Um, the one person that grabbed me, though, uh, was the colorist. I can't mm-hmm. remember their name. I just have down, like, Parks, their last name. Um, they've done a couple of oddball things, like the Lone Ranger, Batman Beyond stuff. Uh, really? Even worked with... Yeah, yeah. Has done, like, the, the color... I, I don't know if it has just been the colorist for that stuff but i know that they've worked on batman beyond for a while and even worked with kevin smith on a comic series called uh quick stops okay i thought you're gonna talk about another book that he did i'm pretty sure phil hester did uh green arrow quiver with uh with kevin smith with the, which is um known as like a, oh. a popular green arrow story See, yeah, I'm I'm talking about the the colorist primarily oh, for my for bad. that I'm stuff. Sorry. No, 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 it's good. I'm throwing up. I'm throwing a whole bunch of things out right now. Um, I didn't know that Phil Hester has worked with Kevin Smith though as well. But I always forget the fact that Kevin Smith has done more than just uh, movies, and that he's more than just yeah. being a comic fan. I, I forget that sometimes he's also written a lot of stuff uh, as well for uh, DC and. I think it's just been for DC. I don't know if he's done no, a Marvel story. he's written story. Spider-Man before, too. He wrote Spider-Man? Oh, my yeah, goodness. Yeah, um, he wrote Spider-Man, The Evil That Men Do. And oh, that's right. Yeah. I forgot all about that story, but yeah, dude. I remember seeing art for that story. I've not read it, though. So That's I, like I one of those books where you see art for it all the time because fucking uh, Terry Dotson... And uh, Rachel, well, the Dotsons together, because I think uh, Terry does the art and Rachel does the colors for it. Uh, they're married. But the art for that is just fantastic. The story itself, I would say it's pretty decent. It's decent. There's like some 
controversial things that happen into it. But, you know, honestly, I want to see your thoughts on it. Hopefully we can cover it on the show one day. I was just thinking that we do have some openings for May, uh, which does remind me, if you guys do have any ideas for the show, please let us know. Shout us out at our multiple social medias, which, of course, we'll point out at the end of the show. Uh, yeah. But that's it, though. We'd love um, to hear their suggestions. But that's it, though. Uh, nothing really grabbed me until I finally started reading uh, where Kirkman had for the story here, which was uh, a mugging in a dark alley, something very basic, something very simple. Um, mm-hmm. But then suddenly, like, in a flash, like, the, the, the mugger's, like, down on his ass. Isn't that right, Damon? But, yeah, you know what? I just liked how just fast it just happened and everything. My first thoughts on the suit of, like, Ant-Man's was it was kind of creepy. Like, I liked how it just looked all buggy with the antennas and everything. It looked a little different compared to the other suits or whatever. Um, on top of that, I noted that, like, at this point, did the art look kind of like Clerks, the animated series, to you? What? A, a wild... Uh, yeah, yeah, it did, actually. I did not... Uh, yeah. I didn't even think about that. You just... Wow, that just opened something in my mind I didn't even think about. What a wild comparison. Uh, like, it, it has the same type of vibes, especially with like, the colors and everything, and especially, like, Eric O'Grady. He looks kind of like, um, what was the one dude's name? The, the, the one with the red hair in the show? Not Dante, it was the other one. Oh, uh, you're talking about Randall. Yeah, he looks like Randall. He does. He does look a little bit like Randall. Holy cow. I'd never known you'd seen that show before, Damon. They used to play it on Adult Swim. I only remember a couple episodes. I've never seen the Clerks movie, though. Oh, my goodness. You've never seen the Clerks movie? Never seen it. Wow. Okay. I need to show you the movie. You got to show me the show because I've only seen, like, parts of the, the, like, pilot. I've never really gotten into. Yeah, I've never really seen, like, a whole bunch of the show. Yeah, I know know the show was, like, really short-lived, though. I know that. But I remember it being kind of funny because I remember they used to show it on Adult Swim all the time. But, you know, so we meet this new Ant-Man, and Ant-Man introduces himself to the lady after he stops the muggers. So instead of just, like, giving her her purse back and saying, you know, bye now or whatever, he asks her out on a date. And he then tells her, I'll be the one in the Ant-Man costume. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah okay. she's like, how am I know, how will I know uh, it'll be you at the restaurant? Which also... I can't believe that Ant-Man just has that swagger where he can just do that. And uh, she actually does, like, show up, which is wild. I thought that was kind of yeah. crazy. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. I didn't I'll expect be- that. I mean, like, I mean, I kind of did because it's like it. he's taking advantage of a lady who was, like, scared. So, oh, okay, this dude saved me. He has to be a good guy because he's a, he's a superhero. So, you know what? I guess I'll go out to dinner with him. And I just love this setup. This this whole comic was kind of like written like a movie almost or like a episode TV pilot. I love that. I think maybe it's because like Kirkman has done like show writing before, but it's wild. So then you, we then cut like cut to six months ago. We are on the helicarrier, carrier, the shield helicarrier. Honestly, seeing that it just made me just kind of miss when shield was like a big thing in the mcu because honestly it feels like they just threw that out the fucking window see you thought that i was singing about among us with the airship <laughs> of all the things to think okay all I'll, right then i'll tell you why i'll tell you why uh we'll get to it though we'll see oh i, I know what you're gonna say okay we'll get to it okay so on the hell killer we then see a group of agents are sitting at a table playing some poker and they're having a whole discussion on if Nick Fury is real or not. A lot of them, primarily Eric, who is our main character, the irredeemable Ant-Man, 
he believes that Nick Fury is an urban myth. And in all honesty, Jay, if you and I were working for S.H.I.E.L.D., I feel like of the two of us, you would be the one to say Nick Fury isn't real. Okay, here, I feel like I would be the one to say that, but I don't, I don't know if I would fully commit to that, too, like, internally. Mm-hmm. You gotta think. I make a bunch of jokes like that, and sometimes a lot of people think, like, oh, you know, I, I can play shit off really well. This would definitely be one of them. I would like to stir the fucking pot. Because here's the thing. Have you ever met Samuel L. Jackson, Damon? No. Also, How can you say that he's real? Oh, wait, they're talking about white Nick Fury? They're talking about white Nick Fury. What? In 2009? Yeah, yeah, 2009. You know, so, like, Black Nick Fury didn't become mainstream until, I want to say, 2016. Oh, the Ultimates. Like, yeah. Ultimate Time, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ultimates was already out, but, like, actually, there's a whole fucking story as to why Samuel Jackson was casted in the movies. He was casted in the movies because when the Ultimates came out in the early 2000s, Samuel Jackson, because he reads comic books here and there, he saw the cover of Ultimates in the fucking comic book shop, and that man was like, oh! They based his appearance. They based, you know, Nick Fury's appearance off of him. They even flat out say it in the damn book. Before and before the MCU has become a thing, before Iron yeah. Man has come out, this is before anything that has been the MCU, and these comics are already making uh, exactly. Samuel Jackson. In 2001. Yep. In 2001. And he then calls Marvel. He goes to their offices, and he shows them the book and tells them, if or when you guys ever make a live action movie of the Avengers or anything like that, y'all better cast me as Nick Fury or else I'm suing. And they agreed. Hence why Samuel L. Jackson is and forever will be Nick Fury. But Precisely. it doesn't even matter because we've never even been in a room with Samuel L. Jackson. Most of the people listening to the show right now, I bet you, have never shared the same room with Samuel Jackson. So how can we even prove that he's real? Points. You know Points. what I'm saying? So I kind of I kind of see why these guys are also a bit skeptical of Nick Fury. Points. <laughs> no, I will say this though. David made what? the funniest, <laughs> just the funniest expression that you had in return to that. I thought. <laughs> you know. I will say this, though. Hmm. I could probably buy Nick Fury not being real because, like, Nick Fury in the comics, he's a man who has plans on top of plans and has, like, robots taking his place and freaking clones taking his place. So I would believe him not being real. But anyways, so, you know, we learn a lot about the guys as they're talking and everything. Uh, we learn that Mitch is the guy that's in charge. Uh, and Mitch is the one who's hosting the game in his, like, room or everything like that. So we also meet Chris. Chris is Eric's friend. As the two are leaving, uh, Mitch basically tells Chris, you know what, you can just pay me tomorrow. But he also says, Eric, you got to give me my money now because you're not good for it. (laughs) Okay, cool. Call him right out in front of everybody. Exactly. Okay, so then we cut over to a room. Chris stops by to tell Hank Pym that the time... Uh, sorry Oh, about that. yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> another thing, too. Hank Pym is also on the helicarrier. We're, yeah. we're revealed to that. And uh, it's also kind of like, what the fuck? Because he's working on a suit. But he also talks about uh, how he's retired right now. So what what is happening here? Something that we also forgot to point out. Uh, very important. So uh, I want to make sure that we, we say this now. But everything that's happening right now for the Hell Carrier, 
six months ago. This is all six mm-hmm. months before everything that we had seen with the mugging, all that stuff. Keep that in mind here. Exactly. So they're just talking and everything. Hank Pym has retired, and that's where we see the suit that, that's being worked on and shit. Let's just lay in the groundwork like Jay says. So the next morning comes. Chris then wakes up Eric because he's late. They're both late. They then have to go to their, uh, you know, to their job because they're working in the security department. There we go, security. Oh no, yeah, no, you're right. Yes, communications. Uh, it's something. It's something like that. Something like that. I should have written it down. Their job sucks. <laughs> yes, Just think of like any. Of the yeah, think of any shitty job that you can think of that would be on a helicarrier that isn't cool. That's you. That's exactly. or that's that's not that's them. <laughs> that's that's okay. us, Damon. Honestly, I, I feel like it would be a fun job though. Free room and board, just doing that shit. I bet mm. you they could pay a decent amount too. I don't know. I mean, if they keep betting it all the time with their boss, they're not. Points. Yeah, no, you know, I I get you on that. Um, I don't know. I think they'd get paid a decent amount. They get free room and board and all that type of shit. I guess. So we learn. I, I like how the story, like, it just lays the groundwork so well with just us learning bits and pieces of, like, how Eric and Chris are different. They're friends, but, like, Eric just ain't shit. Eric, Eric really ain't shit, whereas Chris is the one who would, would be a good influence on Eric if Eric was looking for a good influence. Uh, as the two enter in their job, their commanding officer basically says that, like, um, Eric is basically slowing down Chris. Chris honestly could have been promoted sooner if he didn't, if he wasn't all around um, Eric like that. Eric is just out the gate, not a, a fantastic coworker, not really a fantastic friend. He uh, all all around just really isn't that good of a person. It makes me kind of wonder he why he even is a part of this program to begin with, and how these two managed to. Uh, like coincide in some sort of friendship uh especially at one point here when we meet veronica uh there's sassy co-worker who yeah she's she is fantastic takes no shit and yeah and and the way she like walks in and everything like she's fine and they even established that all the freaking um all the dudes there they are interested in her but she doesn't really show interest in anyone else there she like passes Eric and Eric is like, hi, Veronica. And she just ignores him and she goes right to Chris and asks if they're still on tonight. And the way the panels are laid out, Eric has like an angry ass, hater ass look on his face. <laughs> Eric, little bitch. <laughs> He's a fucking bitch. And you know something? I feel like everyone has had it. Like they've met an Eric in their life. They've met an Eric. Oh, yeah. In their life. Oh, yeah. And, and, and you know, it's mm. interesting that you bring up. Uh, Clerks the animated series, uh, or even just Clerks in general. Not to not to keep talking about Kevin Smith. I didn't expect this to be so Kevin Smith centric of an episode, uh, or to have him as a bit of conversation. Plus, also if, if no one knows who Kevin Smith is or hasn't seen much of his work, I really do recommend it both for like comic books as well as uh, for movies. Odds are you've probably seen one of his things, like Tusk. Like if you've seen Tusk, you've seen a Kevin Smith movie. Uh, if you've seen Cop Out, sorry, but you've also seen a Kevin Smith movie. Um, but the fact that you bring up uh, Dante and Randall, they, they play a very similar dynamic within the film, yeah. as well as what I know from the animated series, 
where um, Randall is, is very similar to how Eric is, where he is kind of like this strange, spiteful person, but is also kind of a, a strange free spirit, I guess, next to someone like Chris, who is very by the by the books, by the numbers, but they aren't really getting anywhere for any of the work that they're doing either. Um, and mm-hmm. just like Dante is also able to just pick up chicks because <laughs> Dante mm-hmm. does that in the movies too. Uh, and so is Chris here with Veronica, but Eric doesn't know that, or at least he doesn't really have an idea about it until this moment. That's why he looked all angry and shit. Yeah. Especially what we learn more. So after this happens, like I said, the whole writing of this book is just fucking like, it's, it's very like, I'd say theatrical. It is. So we then go back to Hank Pym. We then learn that, you know, the, the new suit isn't for him. It's for S.H.I.E.L.D.'s very own Ant-Man. He agreed to contract a new suit for S.H.I.E.L.D.'s co-op agents and shit like There's that. There's a new Ant-Man okay, cool. among us. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Mitch is on the team. So uh, fucking Eric and Chris is commanding officer. He's on the team to be the new Ant- one of the new Ant-Mans or whatever. Uh, it was interesting because when freaking uh, Hank was talking, he then listed off all of his previous monikers. He went by Giant Man, Goliath, Yellow Jacket, and Ant-Man. I honestly forgot how many monikers Ant- um, Ant-Man has had. Yeah. I'd say his most famous ones were Giant Man and Ant-Man. The other ones were like, oh. Yeah, okay, Hank Penn. Stop sucking your own dick. No one cares about all these things, you know. Just like how hey, you said, they- Giant Man, Goliath, just bring up one of the two. You know, you just say you have many accolades. There's no reason to get a big head here, all right? <laughs> well, you know what? You know what? And I could have sworn it was in our last episode we talked about how Marvel had to do something to make us forget he slapped his wife that one time. Uh, I will not forget. He can. I want him to take his fucking lumps. Uh, oh my so that's gosh. why I don't. I don't care about your accolades. Cool. You can turn big. So did uh, the one chick in Monsters vs. Aliens. What makes you so cool? Not Sally. What, what wasn't her name? Sally? <laughs> was it? Uh, dude, I think it was. I think it was Sally. Dude, I don't know. so wild. How do you? How do you remember that? Listen, I, I only seen that movie once. I, all I remember is that Reese Witherspoon played her. That's all I know. Dude, I remember Bob, Seth Rogen. Which is... I forgot that was Seth Rogen. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was... Oh, my God. But she's just playing Seth Rogen, which is, oh like, which is like everything, which is fine. But it's just Seth Rogen. Anyway. I'm here for it. I am. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> So we then make it to the cafeteria. This is the same day. So it's like lunchtime or whatever. All the S.H.I.E.L.D. agents are in there having lunch. So Chris then, you know, comes down and he sits with his friend. He's all happy to sit down with his friend, fucking uh, Eric. And basically, Chris is like, yeah, how you doing? Eric just cuts the bullshit and is like, so I didn't know you had a thing with Veronica. How long you been fucking Veronica? When that happened. But basically, how long you been fucking her? I've been interested in her first. (laughs) Whoa, Chris, calm the fuck down. I'm sorry, Eric. Eric, calm the fuck down. Listen, so he then asked, when did that happen? And then Chris was like, uh, well, I thought everyone had a thing for her. Basically, just like, just chilling. <laughs> yeah, was like, but why are you fucking her? <laughs> exactly. And then Chris was like, you know, she asked me out yesterday. Are you jealous? And, you know, at this moment, Eric then decided, oh, yeah, I'm going to be a really good friend. And he said, you know, no, I'm not jealous. Lies. I'm lying to you, soups. No. Eric, being the bitch ass that he is. He replies, of course I'm jealous. It's just flat out. But I guess you can appreciate... 
I guess you could appreciate Eric being honest, being a shitter, but yeah, uh, I mean, it doesn't make it a clean shitter. You know oh what I God. mean? What happens next? I had to do a double take, though. I did a double take. Like, I audibly was like, ah, like I, my jaw was on the floor when uh, Eric continued and what he was saying. So let's pick this back up, guys. So Chris, he's still very calm. He's then like, you know, so what happened to the girl you're talking to from the weapon storage? And this is where I guess we learn why the title is called Irredeemable Ant-Man, because Eric then responds, and I quoted this, guys, and I never quote. Jay is the one who quotes stuff. Yeah, you have a Yeah, go for it. So, all right. He then said, ancient history, pal. That's been over for at least two weeks. Probably lied to her one too many times. Plus, I sold, uh, I sold the mess, the, is it the mess guys? Yeah, yeah. I sold the mess guy some pics of her. What? <laughs> he he sold the the guys presumably nudes of the girl. And he again, remember, he's talking about this just flat out in the mess hall. Chris is like, "What happened to that girl?" Eric's like, "Nothing. I just lied too much and sold pictures of her. It's fine. Who cares?" What? And like, he said two just, weeks. He acted like it was like fucking a long ass time ago. That was two weeks. That was relatively recent. That is like a fireable offense, if nothing else. If Man. nothing else. If not worse, he should be fired for just that alone. I don't Man. I I don't get Eric very much uh of a of a character. Now, soups, I, I wanna say what was it? how many uh issues is this eight? Or was it even shorter? Uh, of this show, of this uh series, uh, for Ant, yeah, for irredeemable Ant Man, or is this a long, an ongoing one? Uh, actually, it was supposed to be ongoing. Uh, it was supposed to be ongoing, and it only lasted for twelve issues. And I'm glad you asked this because this book was canceled. Oh. But the thing is, though, there was no official cancel notice that was given to the writers of the book. Marvel just didn't want to solicit the issues for this anymore beyond twelve. So, throughout the final issue, Robert Kirkman, had, you know, he wrote it, and he basically just broke the fourth wall in, in the final issue of Eric, just talking about uh, just having a lot of spite towards cancel- canceling characters and a lot of other shit. Wow. That's wild. I yeah. mean, was, but he does come back into other books, though. Was this a, a good-selling comic series, though? Because if it wasn't selling very well, I can understand where Marvel is with it. Don't commit to this ongoing series for a character that first off isn't very interesting uh, or or is not grabbing a whole lot of people in that same interesting manner however say as your Iron Man your Fantastic Four your Spider-Man and you know everything else that's grabbing granted they're trying their best nowadays to make Ant-Man a much more of a household name and granted he is more of a household name now but he's definitely, I don't think, a lot of people's favorite, you know? Yeah. Um. So you, you put that in the mix, and then you make this character, which kind of is reminiscent of the second Robin, Jason Todd. Not so much in how he is in the story, mm-hmm. but Jason Todd, when he was Robin before he dies and comes back as Red Hood and does the whole Red Hood thing, you know, he is also not that compelling of a character that mm-hmm. the audience didn't care much for that's the whole reason why he died he's kind of a dick too he was 
it's the whole reason why the DC even killed him off and why they even had the potential to make Red Hood, you know? Mm-hmm. And I, I got the same kind of feeling, I think, reading the, the kind of shit that Eric was saying here in the same way how I feel as though earlier readers of Jason Todd's stuff when he was there, Robin. And, you know, he was Robin for not a super long time, but he was Robin for a while. Um, yeah. At least, like, what, a year or two? Maybe even longer. Could have been I would say longer. a couple years. It wasn't too long, though. I know that. I know that, like, when he first jumped on the scene, um, a lot of people were like, he kind of feels like a Dick Grayson clone. So then they gave him more of a personality, but in giving him more of a personality, he came off a lot more like a dick. Um, And, yeah, I kind of get those vibes. But the thing is, though, I would say with Jason Todd, I I wouldn't say it was more excusable. It was more understandable because he was a kid. He was a teenager um, and all that stuff. So I can understand that. Whereas with Eric, he just is he's a dick. Now, I get it. That's the point of the story. The story is supposed to be a comedy and everything. But, man... And you know what, Jay? Once we get to the vinyl, up to the end of this episode, I want to tell you a little bit more about what happens next. If you don't already want to oh, read it further, oh man, I am, uh, I am definitely intrigued to figure out how how everything does resolve here. But we have man. a whole issue right now yeah. ahead of us that we still have to even cut through. So yeah, so we then go to the evening. Chris is playing Xbox in Eric's room. Uh, you know, Chris is just trying his best to get promoted. That, that's what we learn. We learn that Chris really just wants to get promoted. Unlike Eric, we learn that Eric, that we learn that Eric honestly has been in the position longer than Chris. And when Chris brings up the fact that he's trying to get promoted, Eric kind of responded kind of icy. So in order to get Chris to leave, he then reminds Chris of his date that he has. Cool. We then jump to the hydroponic garden or hydroponic bay on the helicarry. Before before we get uh, into the date here, Damon, I need mm-hmm. to know what video game do you think Eric was playing on the Xbox? I think Halo. Yeah, which Halo? I'm getting Halo. I'm getting Halo vibes. Oh, I didn't even account for that. I was thinking even like what? So 2009 or COD maybe? I know it would probably be Halo. That would totally be it because it actually is like the Xbox. Yeah. During that time, it's not. Or when did the when did the 360 come out? Around 2009, I want to say. Okay, so no, they they probably got the 360 rocking in there. They probably yeah. got uh, they probably got uh, what came out for that? Uh, yeah, Halo. Probably a Halo. Probably a World at War. Probably uh, whatever NBA 2K uh eight. But I feel 2- like. Chris, we learned that Chris loves superheroes, so I feel like he probably would have been playing a superhero game. I don't know. Oh, there's like, what, only one good game at that time for superheroes? Arkham Asylum? No. Probably playing Ultimate Arkham. Alliance. Ultimate Alliance? Okay. Ultimate oh, Spider-Man. Could be Spider-Man rocking that Marvel vs. Capcom 3. Oh, okay, I can see oh, that. I can see that. I can uh, see that. Okay, All right, look, we're going to beside ourselves, Supes. If Eric... Can, <laughs> okay, all right. But I'm just okay. saying here, if Chris is rocking that Capcom versus uh Marvel versus Capcom three, it's over. I'll be rocking that uh oh my goodness, what is it? That uh what is her name? What is that one girl's name? The one woman uh, she I can't remember her name. I'm not because I'm not like huge into Capcom. But it's her oh. and like Mega Man combo. Oh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I don't know the name though. Oh my goodness, I can't remember her name. People people at home are screaming at me that no Capcom. But yeah, 
Anyway, we're getting on to the date for uh, Veronica and Chris, and this is why this is why I say that they're they're fucking, and that's why I'm not being like a dick, you know. Not no, they're not, definitely you know, fucking. They're definitely just fucking, and the date that they have here proves it because they do not seem super interested in the conversations that they're having here. Really, I didn't get those I, vibes. I mean, it's it seemed like that there was a lot of tension here that mm-hmm. uh, subsides a lot of the ability that there might be something romantic. Now, granted, they, they admit here that they have been seeing each other for a while. Months. Yeah. And this Veronica is, is pissed because Eric does not know any of that is true, uh, let alone, I guess, really anyone on the Helicarrier, for as far as we know, mm-hmm. has any idea about this. We also learn that on this Helicarrier, is a different dimension Tony Stark, which is wild to me. Um, Because he also, they also talk about how he had killed the Human Torch. But the Human Torch, like, yeah, in his universe is Tony uh, or Human Torch. And his face is all, like, burnt. It was the way they talked about his face being burnt and everything. Like, it... (sighs) It was just fucking hilarious to me because, like, he, uh, Chris was just describing what he saw and everything. And then Veronica was like, oh, like, you know, what did it look? And he was like, it just looked melted and everything. And she was like, okay, like, how would you describe it? And he was like, like Freddy Krueger. And Veronica then says she doesn't even know who that is. And I was like, what? Breaks my heart. And then he even says it, it was like melted cheese almost. I was like, okay, I, I love how the writing was for that. But y- you, you left out something, Jay. It was a fact. We learn more about fucking Eric, too, because they're talking. Yes. And basically, Veronica says, like, she already doesn't really fucking like Eric because he tried asking her out, like, a couple of different times, and she always has turned him down. And basically, she does not like him. And then Chris is like, you know, Eric is a good guy. It's just that he's terrible with women. And then at this point, I'm like, so is Chris an enabler? Because he flat out acknowledged that, like, he doesn't like have respect for women and all this other type of shit. So like, I don't know. I feel like they just knew each other since they were kids or some shit like that. We don't really get to get that answer. But, yeah, you know, could the, be, could be some cloudness from it being like possible, like childhood friends and stuff. Yeah. However, kind of a red flag, very big, red, flag. big, big red flag. I, if I was Veronica in this situation, I would also be kind of like pissed. But, yeah. you know, it's okay, because at the end of the night, I guess they, they bone after. <laughs> they sure so do, because they, they sure were do. talking about how they can't go to his room because they made a mess last time, so they got to go to her place. <laughs> so they are going to smash, and Eric is going to be pissed, guys. I, I got to say, this is only a very short amount of time that we spend with these two uh, in the comic together, one-on-one, mm-hmm. but we learn so much that's happening just within the universe yeah just within the, the universe uh yeah not even just from what they're going through which is also great to learn like right off the bat that veronica just does not care for eric which makes the whole dynamic with chris and veronica an interesting one because you know it sounds like it can be on this really strange balance with them keeping it a secret on the helicarrier and now with the well-known misogynist <laughs> you know cu- catching wind about it who has been into veronica 
Which is another thing. If everyone just does not care for Eric, how is he not like broken enough rules? Because it's clear that this couldn't be the first time he was like late that day. You know, he has to have been late before. So I wonder Chris is covering him. I'm assuming everybody likes Chris and they're like, okay, I like Chris. I guess I'll give his friend an extra shot because Chris is vouching for his friend. I feel like it's one of those situations. Uh, Chris is a real one for that. I'll give him respect for that. But I will also be taking some of those points away because Eric is a misogynist. Eric is just an ass. He really is. And then, you know, so the next day, we it's the next day post-coitus between Chris and Veronica. <laughs> Eric, say it like that, Listen, bro? hey, hey. <laughs> Poist. 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 <laughs> post-coitus. Oh, my. Post-coitus. Hey. You just you just gotta tell it to him. But um <laughs> Eric is then pestering Chris about so how'd it go? What happened? What'd you do? What happened? What happened? And Chris Leave me alone. Him, yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris basically tells him to mind his damn business. So before they can get even get further, Mitch interrupts him and he wants them to do a task. They are in charge of guarding a classified classified stuff behind a door or whatever. He gives them guns and Listen, I fucking love what happens next. Fucking, um, at first, Chris is actually very calm. Eric and his bitch ass self is fucking losing his fucking mind. He's getting scared and all this other type of shit. He is just losing his shit. He then is like, oh my God, I don't know what the fuck we're going to like. What, what, what's going on? What, 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 what? Yeah, we were just told to stand here and shut up. Are we supposed to stop people coming in? Are we supposed to stop people coming out? I don't even know how to use this gun, man. Exactly. <laughs> And, you know, before Mitch uh, leaves them there, he tells them that, like, hey, I'm going to be right back. This is just, It's not going to take that long. Uh, on top of that, like, you know, if you guys do me this favor, you may or may not be getting a promotion because I'm, I'm your higher up. So, like, you know, I'm, I'll probably be able to call <laughs> some shots for you, you. You probably will not be. Uh, I want to be Ant-Man. You guys suck at card games. Just stand here and shut up. Exactly. So Eric is losing his shit. Chris is trying to calm him down. The door opens and Hank Pym is the one walking out. But since Eric is fucking scared as fuck, he then fucking pistol whips. Is, is that even the word? They don't have pistols. It's like a rifle thing. But he yeah, hits he him hits with him the, butt, like of the, the butt of the rifle. Yeah. Yeah. And Hank Pym is just knocked out. His nose is fucking <laughs> bleeding. And Eric is like, oh, my fucking God, we got to drag his body inside. That's a red flag because you mean to tell me his first thought is to dispose of the body? Well, no, no, no. They want to, he doesn't want to make a scene. He's like, ah, oh, fuck. Okay. Like, it's very clear that this is not the problem. This is just a, a doctor that we have just fucking obliterated. Let's not make a scene. I don't know, because thought he, Eric thought he killed him, because he said, oh, I killed the dude or whatever. And then Chris is like, you didn't kill him. No, no, no. First, he's, he, he says, uh, he also says that Mitch is going to kill us. Oh, and yeah. Chris is like, no, 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 no. That's on you. That's yeah. totally on you. I love that. Oh, my gosh. So, you know, um, they're in there, and they're like, where the fuck? What's going on here? Then they stumble across the Ant-Man armor. And then Eric talks Chris into putting on the armor. Why now, do you think he right. did that? You said what? Why do you think he did that? I I got a question. I actually wrote that down. Okay. Uh, Back in the date with that we had with Veronica, we learned that, like, Eric, no, we learned that uh, Chris loved superheroes. He always wanted to be a superhero, and that's primarily his reasoning for working with S.H.I.E.L.D., because he just wanted to work with them. And he even said that, like, Eric sometimes makes fun of him for it. 
So we know ahead of time that Eric just thinks it's a fucking like joke or whatever. So Eric basically is like, oh, this is cool. It's like a superhero suit or whatever. Maybe you should put it on. I feel like Eric purposely did that to try to manipulate him. And so that if they were to get caught, he, Chris would have gotten in trouble and yeah, he would have got fired. Yeah, but why? Like, that's why, so why? hoed if that's the case. like I don't put nothing past him. I think he would do it because if Chris is gone, that means he has a chance with Veronica. Guys, you can't see that. I put that in quotations. But in his mind, that's probably what he's thinking. It could be. But, you know, it doesn't. it doesn't even matter at this point because it worked. It does work, and he does put on that Ant-Man suit. And next thing you know... uh, Chris disappears. He's fucking just gone. Just zip, and he's out of there. Yep, and then we then get this on the next page. It's elsewhere, and we get this awesome fucking splash of Wolverine chopping up bitches, just chopping up dudes, different S.H.I.E.L.D. agents and shit. And uh, over it, we have a narration of uh, Dum Dum Dugan talking to Mitch about needing more manpower. I'm yeah, surprised he didn't stop me for saying Dum Dum Dugan. Is that not his name? That's his name. I just thought you would have thought it was funny. Uh, I mean, I'm used to, for some reason, Marvel just putting the weirdest alliteration. <laughs> Fucking Dum Dum. What was it? Dum Dum Dugan? Yes, dumb dumb. That's dude. a uh, that's a '98 WWF wrestler. That's not. No, it's not the leader. That that's the leader. That's not the leader of a fucking uh, helicarrier. There's some Wolverine mission. Uh, hey. I, the note that I have here is that there is like a little asterisk here where it's yeah. like, hey, um, Wolverine was taken over by Hydra. You want to learn more? Buy our fucking buy another book, which yeah. was the Enemy of the State. Isn't that right, Damon? It was. And, you know, I honestly love when Marvel did this. I don't see them doing it this that often nowadays. But back then and even back in the day, they would give you a lot more information about it just to, like, for fully context. I think that's a really good way of just, like, fucking tying the universe together. But in Enemy of the State, Wolverine was brainwashed by a villain. And the entire book was him doing a lot of different things. He broke into the Baxter building and he almost killed the Fantastic Four. He broke into the helicarrier. He also, I think, fought Captain America and a lot of other shit. Um, it's a pretty cool story. It's something where we may or may not see it on the show. Who is to say? Millions of comics on the list. And we're hoping to hear some of your recommendations as well. Yes, yes. Uh, but at the very least, if you want to know why Wolverine's stuck in that this situation, you can also check out Wolverine, Enemy of the State. Now gives you also up to speed of where this is in the book, which is which exactly. is cool. It does feel very, or it does make this whole like connected universe in the comics actually feel connected. It does matter to check out and see what these other characters are doing because it may come up in the most unlikely of places, which is what I think the movies try to do a lot. But this I felt like did a much more, or 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 did a much better job at doing that because I did not expect to see Wolverine pop up in this comic at all. Uh, especially all like trapped and uh, like locked up and exactly this whole like suit that they have. To, so that way they can uh, sustain him from fucking tearing them apart and stuff. It's, it's really amazing the, the work here that they've, they put in. And uh, I want to say too, on top of that, not to, not to get too stuck in it, but this comic overall does a really great job of not just 
bringing up other things to read, but also just crediting writers uh, like all together that are, are part of this. I don't know what it is about certain comics, uh, especially like earlier runs of stuff, but it's so hard to see or, or to distinguish as to who has worked on what on the comic. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, for some of them, I, I guess, granted, if you're in the comic space, it's a bit more uh, distinguishable. But uh, for someone like me, who's a novice, sometimes it's hard to figure out like where to start and where to go. Uh, I think it's so wild that this comic does a lot of things that very, very good mm-hmm. and very right, especially for uh, someone new or, or introduced, because it does make me interested to see what Wolverine and all these other characters have done to get us to this moment and why it doesn't seem as though that that happens very often uh in other comic series and with that why this particular one would end up in a cancellation (laughs) honestly i think it was one of those things where i know that looking back on it a lot more people have like looked back at it with a lot more love and care but at the time i think it was something that people just didn't understand or get because this was kind of random like this was very random um new character and he's a shitty main character and you know it's supposed to be a comedy and everything so I think it was one of those things where it came out at a time when no one really understood what to expect with this. Yeah, you know? yeah. the main character really does hurt it. Um, yeah. And, I know it's supposed to be funny, though, because it is funny. Don't get me wrong. It, so it is. It, he, the the fact of what he is doing in these moments is, like, situational, like, comedy-wise is very funny. And, again, very much like like that kind of, like, clerks kind of humor. Um, and it, it, But it makes moments like these feel... Uh, like like little gems amongst times where it doesn't feel uh quite as not not as like special, but it 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 feels like they're on different levels. You know what I mean? But yeah, and the same way that that's good too because Ant Man is on a completely different level than Wolverine. So in an Ant Man comic, the way how you would portray Wolverine is uh, well, I think in a way that they've done it here, where he does look very terrifying yeah um but you know we then go back to eric eric he ran right back to his room just ran his room he left the fucking he left his post mitch then fucking slams into his room and he's asking what happened eric then says oh yeah mitch mitch oh my god oh my god you know fucking um chris he disappeared and all this other type of stuff mitch then just spills the tea on what was actually happening uh who they were guarding what that was for all that stuff so at this point mitch then says no one is supposed to know they assume that the suit is stolen and there's three suspects and basically the chase is on to figure out where the hell chris is there's an ant-man among us you were waiting this whole time to say that weren't you that's the second time i've been able to say it third time I'm looking for a new co-host everybody Nah, come on, come on! <laughs> how are you gonna top my? How are you gonna top it? I haven't even brought up Howard the Duck yet. Well, Until now. now. Until now. <laughs> okay, but the chase is on for Chris. Okay, so Mitch also tells Eric not to tell anyone. Yeah, keep that in mind. It's important. This is very important, especially because Mitch is being a major ball licker right now. He's been licking exactly. them pinballs. Eric cannot fuck this up. Chris cannot fuck this up. Um, exactly. So a I day would... has passed. Yeah. Oh, my... yeah, what were you going to say? 
oh no i was just gonna say that uh moments like this I just I just love these little bits of comedy because it does feel like it is encapsulated in like a strange different era um, yeah. that does feel a bit more appreciated now. I, I don't know why. I, I guess this also made me think of like other things like regular show too for a minute. Yeah. They, these guys kind of also give me like regular show vibes if they were like a bit – if, Hon- if I- Rigby was a misogynist, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Eric gives Rigby vibes. He really does. He does have Rigby vibes. Mitch has Benson vibes. Yeah. These these guys all these guys very regular show. Anyway, no, you know what? Mitch gives uh, Skips vibes because like Mitch is a little too uh, cool. Yeah. Well, Mitch Mitch is pretty is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd give him Skips vibes. He has Skips okay. vibes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So it's the next day. Today a day has passed. So Veronica has been a little worried about Mitch. Just looking for him. Well, no, looking for Chris. I'm sorry. She's been looking for Chris. So she finally stops Eric. The way it's drawn, it kind of she kind of looks like annoyed that like she has to finally ask Eric what's going on. So she then stops Eric. Eric then brings her to his room. Okay, red flag. So he's like, <laughs> yeah, you know, Chris is on a secret mission or everything, but you know, um, and then. He's on the secret mission. That's what we, then she was like, oh, is that why you guys were like called out of your post and everything? And he's like, yeah. And then she's like, oh, so you didn't make the cut? He's like, no. And then it, you can tell he probably he was just saying no to get some type of sympathy. But when she didn't give him sympathy because she was like, oh, OK, I'm not surprised. Well, he, I also thought it was like the story was a bit believable, too, because. Yeah. Well, it, it's clear that Chris is really striving to do more. Uh, and so it's it's something that is very believable, but it also is kind of hoed for Veronica just to like constantly also be getting on Eric. You know what True. I mean? It it just makes me wonder how the hell Eric is it has this job, and I get it. Yeah, like Chris vouching for him and stuff, but I mean like even like day one. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But just, it seems like he's been in the position. I'm assuming in my head canon is that I'm assuming. Eric got the job first and then he put Chris on to the job and Chris basically is kind of like outshining Eric because Eric has been in the job for a while. Whereas Chris basically is doing really good and could get promoted any day now. And Eric is always like this close to getting fired. And since everyone likes Chris, that's why they're just like, yo, okay, we, uh, I guess we'll like, you know, keep Eric there. It's bullshit, man. Eric's in shitter. Man. Okay, so as the two are talking, we then see that Chris in the Ant-Man suit has made his way into the ventilation. He vented. He across. Hmm? He vented. But the, ant- the Ant-Man is among us. I'm dead. So he's in the vents, and he appears as Eric and Veronica are talking. So he then sees them talking. All right, so... Eric is just going on and on about the secret mission and everything. And Veronica tells Eric uh, that, you know, she's like, okay, well, you know, since you're telling me this information, I guess you, you're pretty are cool. You're cool enough to like, no, Eric and I have been to get, no, Chris and I have been together for like some months. And for some reason, Chris just didn't want to tell you about it or whatever. I don't know why, but you know, we've been together for some months and you, you know, I just wanted to tell you that. I, I don't know Eric why he would want to say. It's not like you're just some blatant 
fucking misogynist. <laughs> that nobody likes her on the job except him for some reason. Couldn't tell you why he didn't tell you, Eric. I don't know. I couldn't fucking Scooby Gang's on this case to solve it for us. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry I didn't tell you. Listen. So then Eric is like, in the way it's drawn, at first Eric kind of looks like, I would say he looks like annoyed. But then he like plays this whole role and he's like, oh, okay. So it's been a couple months. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's interesting. I'm surprised. I can't believe that. Because he's been seeing the weapon storage girl for the last two months. <gasps> Eric lied. Eric, Eric is lying on his Eric. friend. Bro, what the fuck? Why? Why would you do that? And Chris seeing it all happen. From the vent, he's getting he's getting destroyed. My man's whole career, he is yep. just completely canceled. It's over yeah. for him. And his girlfriend, just wow. So, basically, Chris, Chris has is on the hunt. line as he's looking at the two. He says, oh, Eric, you duplicitous fuck. You do, did, you, did you write that down? You quoted him? That's I awesome. Did. What a I did. wild, what a wild. I had uh, no idea what duplicitous even meant or how to say it until I looked it up. <laughs> no, it's duplicitous. And that is a big word, Soups. That's a big word for Damon. <laughs> yeah, that's Balsamic a big word vinegar. for. for <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you see it though? He's he's learned it. He's gotten it down. Yeah. I I remember that a couple weeks ago. Uh, Elmo Elmo finally can say balsamic vinegar, but balsamic vinegar. <laughs> it's never gonna be as good, man. Hey, he, you know I feel like it, it's it's them trying to get him to code switch because they didn't want him to use that New York accent anymore. What the hell, man? That's hey. we need to embrace that, okay? You yeah, can't mess with New Yorkers. You mess with one of us, you mess with all of us. Spider Man, okay, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know all what right. I'm saying? You know, listen. What I'm I get you. I get you one hundred percent shit. If I'm being quite honest, I always felt Elmo was black. Justice for Elmo. Justice for Elmo, guys. Justice anyways, for Elmo. He's he says, Eric, you duplicit as fuck. And honestly, same. Also, if you're curious, everybody, duplicitous means to be deceitful and be just a, a fuckhead, basically. It means that Chris is a nerd. <laughs> Listen. It means that. So that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This Thoris by his bed, learning the fucking. How do you even say that? Du, du, I can't even say it. Duplicitous. Duplicitous. Well, you know what? That's why he got girls, and Eric doesn't. Shit, you're right. Yeah, you're he right. He don't, he don't know the big words. Like, duplicitous. He knows big words. He, he like them big. <laughs> he carries the big ones around. But, <laughs> all right, so we come to present day, and Eric made it to his date, and he's in his, like, you know, he's not in his costume. He mm. introduces himself to the girl, and he says, I'm Eric O'Grady, Ant-Man. Can you keep a secret? All right. To be continued. To be continued. That is the end of issue one. So, you know, before I give you a little rundown of what happens next, Jay, what was your thoughts on this issue? I mean, like, it's it's all right. I, I definitely enjoy the comedy, the dynamics here that are that are being played off of each other, the personalities that are clashing here. Uh very interesting. I've I if anything, I thought this was gonna feel something closer to uh, an episode, say, of, like, Bad Batch or a Clone Wars thing 
getting to follow these characters that don't feel very important to an overarching story say you know like a you know like a iron man or captain america or a hulk and they figure out a way to keep it very interesting to mm-hmm. to follow these characters for an ant-man story uh, i'll say that it was uh gripping uh especially when i i learned that it is closer to say like a like a regular show or a clerks something where it it didn't take itself super seriously and is allowing these characters to become very vaudeville in, uh, in the way how they talk and how they act. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I had fun with it. I would totally read it some more, but I can also understand why it didn't get to last a very long time either. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because the character uh, that we're meant to follow, Eric just right off the bat becomes so extremely unlikable and is set up by the writer to become right out of the gate a character that you're not meant to enjoy, which, of course, is supposed to change into this arc of him becoming a better person and become a much more likable and charismatic. He doesn't become likable. Well, does he ever even get the chance to? Was no, the plan ever to? It, it was called, okay, you know what? L- let's just segue right into it. Yeah, Eric yeah, becomes progressively me. more of a bitch. Um, you know, so okay. In the next issue, we cut back to Chris. Chris is basically he he's gone for like weeks. Like he's just roughing it. He has he's like learning a little bit more and more. I'd say days, not weeks. He's learning a little bit more and more how to use the suit. He stumbles across the kitchen. He's surviving off of beans he found in the refrigerator. Um, still hasn't learned how to like regrow yet. Okay, cool. Eric is kind of just slandering his name a little bit. And uh, she, the, the fucking helicarrier get, get, fall, get, falls under attack and everything. And some chicanery happens. And Chris finds out, finally finds a way to like regrow and everything. And uh, him and Eric re- reconvene and all the other type of shit. Since all the shit is happening, they can't really fully address what just happened. Uh, and they're running, running away from some villains. The villains shoot at them. And they accidentally shoot Chris. Not accidentally. They, like, graze Chris at the back of the head, and Chris dies. No, Eric, Chris. Eric then steals the suit off of um Chris's body. The helicarrier is crashing down. Uh, inside the Ant-Man suit, Eric learns that it has jetpacks, and he accidentally burns off fucking Mitch's face. Ah. Oh. Uh, yeah, just a lot of other shit. And then, you know, as the book goes further, Eric does a lot of weird shit. Like, for example, you learn that he uses it to rob banks and do other shit, and he also uses the suit just to do some fucking weird-ass shit. For example, the lady that he went on a date with, he only saved her because she was attractive. He only saves attractive women just so he can try to get, like, get to sleep. Wow. So, so they really never meant him to become something that is redeemable he's meant to really become something that you dislike say like uh like how the mask is meant to be from the comics as opposed to how he is in the movie yeah i mean moving forward he has like some a little bit of redeeming qualities because i think after this he joins the secret avengers at some point because cap believes that he can be redeemed and he kind of does prove himself a little bit but he still is a shitty person is this the cap that is like known racist cap or is this different cap 
Regular Steve Rogers, Captain America. Okay, regular Steve. Okay, I was going to yeah. say. Misogynist, Ant-Man, racist Captain America. Very scary duo. Dead. Uh, but, yeah, that's what's going on. Also, I'm pretty sure at some point, I think at the funeral of uh, Chris, he basically manipulates his way into Veronica's pants, and they end up having sex on top of uh, Chris's grave. See, uh, see, I'm starting to understand as to why Marvel wouldn't really want to continue the uh, the story. Hey. Now, it, do- it just doesn't seem like something that they would do. This seems like something more of like a dark horse or um, or maybe image. <laughs> image is another great example. Which yeah, that feels Robert like Kirkman something that we would lives. do. Hey. Yeah, with Walking Dead. And, and uh, that would that would make more sense for him. I, I would love to see this character done that in a way that wasn't Ant-Man. Maybe mm-hmm. you can also make some sort of shrinking character. But I'm sure they also could have figured out a way to make this same story work if it wasn't an Ant-Man related one. I It's not a bad story. I just don't know if it's anything that I would go for for an Ant-Man story. Yeah. I would say it's an entertaining story. Like, I... Like, my next question for you is, would you read further to find out what happens? And knowing that he doesn't really become redeemed, I don't know if I would. Okay. Just because after a while, you need to have something to, to have a character worth rooting for. Something interesting about, and I'll use The Mask as an example. Um, something that was so interesting about The Mask is whoever possessed The Mask, their their darker desires are what comes out of it when they mm-hmm. put the mask on um and for some of these people they weren't necessarily bad people but it shows that everyone has like a darker edge to them with something like this it feels as though we're already seeing the darker edges of a very sinister character i would see um this guy working the way how you're describing him as a fantastic supervillain that i would rather see the avengers fight than eventually become an ally with I feel as I though there's an, an opportunity too. I would love an Ant-Man kills the Marvel Universe. Like how Deadpool had gotten that. The way I had yeah. with this guy. Cause the Punisher got one too. And I'm pretty sure Wolverine got one recently. So Ant-Man would be an interesting one. because, uh, And I've talked about it with our buddy Kyle. And I think uh, Dominic as well. Our buddies over at the Oddbot Pod actually. Hi Dom. Hi Kyle. They... Uh, enjoy well. I can say for the very least, I know Kyle does enjoys mm-hmm. Ant Man's character, and feels as though that there's a lot to that power that uh, is like overlooked a whole lot, and how powerful the ability to become these different sizes and everything. It, it is touched about in different comics. I I know that, mm-hmm. but uh, for a character like this, it feels like uh, wasted potential just purely with it being Ant-Man solely, um, with it to not lead anywhere that would become uh, something where you can make that a, a villainous strength. You know what he, I mean? He does um, He does use the suit frequently for villainous reasons and whatnot. Right. Uh, and then I would say the book does get even more comical because he also befriends the, um, the Black Fox or Silver Fox or whatever. And... It's funny. Like, the book is fucking hilarious. I'd honestly recommend reading it if you look at it from, like, a comedy standpoint. Um, I think it would be up your alley to look f- further with it. Oh, but totally. Same, I, yeah, 100%. I would read it but, um, 
totally for the for this uh for the writing of it but mm-hmm. i don't know if, if the overarching story is one that i uh at this moment find the most interesting if i do I read you. another comic though i will definitely bring it up here on the episode what i think i got you all right well i would say this book stands the test of time what about you i'm not too sure i i want to say yes just because of what it has been able to attract now I, I I can see where it can totally be put off by people when it came out. Uh, but being someone who appreciates a lot of uh, this writer's particular work and uh, who he usually ends up working with, you know, with, with Kevin Smith and, you know, following these qualities, I enjoyed it enough where I feel as though that the writing of it just makes it barely squeeze through a, a test of time for me. Okay, okay. Yeah, you know, I would say it feels like something that honest. I feel like this would have lended itself pretty well as like a mini animated series because it really does feel like this would, would have been like a early 2000s fucking Fox animated series, and I would have dug it. I really would have. Yeah, it does have a vibe like that for sure. Before we close out, Jay, I just want to tell you one more irredeemable thing that Eric O'Grady does. What does he do, this son of a bitch? He shrinks himself. He shrinks himself. Um, he he sees this one lady who's really hot, or he finds very attractive. He shrinks himself and fucking hides in her purse to follow her home and peek at her while she's like showering. But it's revealed that the woman that he hopped in the bed, he's he hopped into or whatever, um, was Carol Danvers, also known as Ms. Marvel slash Captain Marvel. Whoa! I think that's how the first story arc ends. That's really wild. That's really crazy. And yeah. what, so fucking gross. What a gross thing to do, honestly. Yeah. I, of, of all the people to, to get a suit like Ant-Man, Eric is the worst guy to have it. But it's also kind of like it, it touches on the fact that like Ant-Man's power is kind of scary when you think about it, though. That so, It is. It, it is. really is. It really is. But you know what? What do you guys think did the irredeemable Ant-Man hold up be sure to give us your answers by reviewing the show or messaging us on instagram at super saturdays podcast tiktok at super saturdays pod and twitter at super saturdays pc your messages and reviews can make their way on the show this was super saturdays i'm damon and i'm jay hayward make sure you also check us out on instagram at damon underscore 1003 and at jay the movie gal see you next saturday soups Hey, Soups, do you enjoy the music on this podcast? Be sure to check out our buddy Jake Voigt at jakevoigtmusic.com. He's the one who created this awesome sound. See you soon.